Good morning, good morning. Just as they're passing the baskets and you're giving at the stations, I just want to welcome you to the mission. Those of you online and those of Kingdom Connections that are here for this week, we're so excited to have our extended family with us this week. It's truly one of our favorite weeks of the whole year, for sure, to have all of our dear ones gathered at the mission. It's just, we're just beside ourselves. We're excited. If you can't tell, we're excited. Um, I have the honor of introducing someone that does not need an introduction, but (laughs) nevertheless. Um, Dan and Reg have been dear friends for, my word, is it almost 30 years? Jeez. And I'm only 40, so how can that possibly be? (laughs) Actually, that would have made me 40 when I met you. (laughs) Okay, fine, whatever. We're moving on. Um, Anyway. There's so many things about Dan, particularly, that have been a blessing to so many of us. He's, he has talents and gifts and callings beyond measure. But I was thinking, like, what for me personally um, am I thankful for? And I think Dan was probably about the only person in my universe that I could share just the little crazy things, you know, that I, what happened to me in, you know, with the Holy Spirit or a dream or a actual event. And he wouldn't be too shocked, right? I mean, sometimes, maybe a little. But he always made me feel like, hey, Deb, the Lord's speaking. Let's figure it out. What, what does it mean? And what you know? What's what are you supposed to be doing with this and stuff? Like, because sometimes Dave, honestly, he would just look at me like, I don't know about that. You know, <laughs> maybe you should go talk to Dan about that. But anyway, I just you know what I mean. We don't have a lot of those kind of people in our lives. I know anyway that you know can just um, help us process things and all that. So for me personally, Dan, just thank you for being that in my life, and we are so thankful and happy to have you here this morning. Are you using that? Thank you, guys. It's good to see you. Hey, uh, before we jump in, we're going to call up uh, Caleb who has just written a book. Where are you at, Caleb? Yeah, give this guy a big hand. Caleb Byerly. So some of you guys know Sounds of the Nations is a ministry that was born in this house. And uh, it was about uh, uh, raising up the song of the Lord and the sound of the people. Went into 74 language groups around the world. Um, Worked at it for you know, 20 some years and still working on it. But this guy does it better than I do. Um, uh, just some of the things he's done to redeem sounds and music and nations is just incredible. But I'm so thrilled that you have written a book called Just Dance. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, thank you. Um, so Revelation uh, chapter 7, 9, you guys probably know that verse. Um, it pretty clearly states, you know, that at the end of the age, there's going to be a multitude of people all standing before the Lamb of God. And uh, it's from every nation, 
But then it goes on, it says, from every tribe, every peoples, and every language. And if we look at the nations right now, surely the gospel has reached all the nations. Amen. But the gospel has not really reached all of the tribes, peoples, and languages. And um, about 15 years ago, I was fresh out of high school. The Lord just sent me to the nations. Before I knew it, I was living among unreached people groups, um, helping to redeem their sounds of worship. And um, this led me on and on. Eventually, my wife joined me, and and we uh, started to realize there are surely unreached people groups still in the world. Uh, I've had, you know, we've run into many tribes that have not heard the name of Jesus. And um, it's, it made a mark in my heart. And I said, we're doing this for the rest of our lives. As, Lord, as long as the Lord gives us strength, and as long as there are tribes and languages that have not heard, this is, this is the burning desire for them to know Jesus. And um, so uh, a lot of crazy journeys, a lot of crazy testimonies, amazing things that have happened out of that. <laughs> some of you kind of know some of those. Um, and we've chronicled that in this book. Um, it's kind of like a, you know, the first 10 years of not just my journey, but our journey uh, as part of God's story of what that looks like. But it's also going to put a fire under you for uh, reaching the unreached people groups. I can tell you that. Um, but it all comes down to one thing or two things, hearing and responding. You know, hearing, I mean, we don't want to just go in vain. We don't want to just go just because we think it's the right thing. It's really about hearing God's voice and responding to it. Not just being excited about hearing his voice and not doing anything, but actually responding. So that's really what this book is about. And um, yeah, we have, I have a, we have a table set up. Thank you so much, The Mission, just for allowing me to have this table set up today. After the service, I'll be up there signing books and stuff. So, all right. Thank you. I would like to give a book away before. Um, anyone who is like, the Lord has told you like to reach the unreached people and to invest in the unreached people. Anyone here? All right. Come on up. Come on up. Christian. Just want to give this to you. Um, and I, I believe as I, even as I transfer this into your hands, let this be an investment into your life. And then I believe that you are going to be an investment in the kingdom for many tribes and languages and peoples to know him. Amen. So let's, let's just agree as I make this transfer. God bless you. Your name's Christian. We just stand with Christian right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in him and that he will truly make a a wonderful investment with you (laughs) for the tribes, the languages, and peoples. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Caleb. Guys, you're going to want to get that book. I'm telling you, these stories... 
are true and absolutely amazing. So make sure you pick one of those up. That's he's, he's, I mean, what the Lord has done through this young man is, is amazing. I can call him young because it's good to be with you guys. Regina sends her love uh, to all of you. Um, She is working on our conference. We tried to stagger our conference with this conference, and then we found out the dates we chose are the largest music festival in the United States in Austin, Texas. And so all the airfares and and hotels were triple so they're like oh the only date we have is this one you know and so this is our biggest conference of the year Wednesday Thursday Friday so she's back there doing all that while I get to be with you (laughs) just like Reg does you know that and uh, then Bethany Hicks sends her love too Um, she's doing really good written a couple books and traveling around the world and and making a big difference and uh So she sends her love to you. You know, this is a dangerous place to ask for the nations. (laughs) I'm just telling you that right now. Like, if you ask for the nations here, you're going to get them. So you, you better, you better be careful. You better mean it when you say it. (laughs) It's a dangerous place to ask for cities. (laughs) This is a place that raises up and sends out world changers. And, uh, no, it's true. I'm one of them. And, uh, I remember, uh, one of the apostolic leaders that came through this church said that he often sees clouds of authority, blessing, favor, gifts that hang over people's heads. And, uh, and I said, oh, what? Why does it hang over their head? And he said, it's awaiting a declaration of responsibility. What causes that cloud to descend is your declaration of responsibility. That's part of being a world changer is that every next level of blessing requires another level of responsibility. Honestly, it's like taking, uh, taking charge of something. And I heard it said so beautiful the other day by Ryan Collins from uh, Bethel School of Tech. He said, don't just fall in love with a problem, but fall in love with the people that the problem affects. And uh, that's a key. Kind of speaks to what I want to share with you today. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be simple today. Really simple. Okay? I, I kind of wanted to come with something really revelatory and profound and the Lord's like nah let's do this <laughs> so Lord we thank you that your word is living and active and powerful we love your word we love the power that is upon your word that it is spirit and it is life and we pray that you take the word the spirit of the word and release it into our lives as a catalytic force for transformation that it make our hearts alive it would bring forth revelation and understanding lord that the fruit of your spirit would abound in this place and that you would accompany your word with signs and wonders and miracles for the glory of your name and the building of your kingdom amen Amen. Had an interesting experience a few years ago. I was invited to uh, 
speak at the voice of the prophets with Randy Clark, which is like the biggest prophetic gathering in America. And um, years ago, like 30 years ago, I used to lead worship for Randy uh, in in some of his uh, meetings. And he's a revivalist, real healing guy and very spirit and truth education guy. Uh, but very humble, very sweet. But, you know, I wanted to do really good. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and the Lord's like, don't, don't take your laptop, don't take your notes, don't take, you know, don't take anything, just trust me. And I'm like, oh, do we have to do that now? You know, like, I want to do good, Lord. And, uh, <clears throat> And he's like, trust me, you know, and, um, and so I did and I got up there and he gave me probably one of the worst, um, introductions I've ever had. <laughs> and I, I say that in love, honestly, but, but he's like, yeah, Dano used to lead worship for me years ago. And he, he, uh, now I guess he's a speaker. Um, <laughs> cause I've, I've never really heard him, but they tell me he's good. And so. We'll see. And that was like my introduction. I'm not kidding. And I was already feeling a little insecure because I didn't have anything with me, you know. <laughs> and uh, and I, I opened my mouth and out came the book Love and Prophecy. Like, um, I, I, I began to just read from 1 Corinthians 13 about what love looks like. And, uh, and I understood in that moment that that chapter wasn't really about love in relationships. It was about love and spiritual gifts. It was about love and power. And, um, and that's what I want to speak with you for just a few moments today is how love is a gateway. And I want to talk about that gate and the, and the two ways that it swings, honestly, and obviously the first, well, let's, let's read a few verses, just 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. We'll read from this to get the context of what we're talking about. And again, I know this is very, very familiar, but uh, just, just put some fresh ears on today and uh, let's see what the Lord does. He said, if I speak in the tongues of man and of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I uh, have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, it's nothing. So I I feel like these first three verses encompass... Everything that I aspired to be as a young Christian. As a young Christian, I I wanted to be a person of gifts and grace and revelation and all these things. I wanted to have faith that could move mountains. I was brought up, you know, in a nonprofit church, nonprofit organization where we never saw miracles. And when I began to see miracles, I got addicted. You know, I just wanted to see more. Bill, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you see some stuff and here, even at the mission, uh, I, I remember a meeting we had, you know, we're over 30 blind people healed in one meeting in Fiji and, and, and just some incredible things. And, uh, since that time started seeing some people raised from the dead and that's, 
that's fun too. <laughs> we had three people raised from the dead in, in Siberia in 24 hours. Um, and just, just some amazing things. And, and so I love these, you know, faith that can move mountains, these demonstrations of power. I love the prophetic and how God speaks into our future and our destiny. I love that. And then I went with Dave over to the underground church in China, Dave Crone, the senior leader here. And, and, and I began to experience people that would literally give their body to die for Christ. And, and it wrecked us both so bad. Like, I didn't think any of y'all were saved. You know, I got back from there. I'm like, nobody's saved in America. I'm not saved. You're not saved. None of us are saved. You know, and because I was trying to reconcile the kind of love for Jesus that they had and, and, and what we have. And, uh, and I learned that even this, like, honestly, I used to kind of be afraid of being captured because I traveled to a lot of of restricted countries and, um, you know, was occasionally detained or, um, I, I have to say we've had many pastor friends executed, you know, and, and, and I used to be afraid that's going to happen to me. And when I, when I met the, the believers in the underground, I got an impartation. I, I saw a glory in them in the way they live for Jesus that I so wanted that that fear of being captured or persecuted, it just melted away. Um, in, in their love for Jesus, it was just swallowed up. So I would say that these first three verses encapsulate everything that I wanted in my spirituality. But the gateway of all of those experiences, of all those gifts, is love. That it all has to function in love or it counts for nothing. I mean, this is the place where scripture literally says that uh, people come to the Lord and says, didn't we cast out devils? Didn't we heal the sick? Didn't we do miracles in your name? And he says, depart from me. I didn't know you. There is this place of, 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 you know, in supernatural communities, it's so easy to get our sights set up on the stuff and upon doing the stuff. And that's noble. Don't get me wrong. Like set your sights high. There's more. There's more. There's a lot more. <laughs> but make sure that it is the gateway of love. Make sure that everything is done with the motive of love, with the reason of love. And um, I, I remember years ago, this was like... Uh, Deb just said that we've been in relationship for about 30 years. This was probably about two years into those 30 years. I was a youth pastor here at the church and, and about a dozen other things. Uh, it was called Vaca Valley Christian Life Center back then. And I, I um, studied revival all my life. Very passionate and very edgy with the truth. You know what I mean? Like, just... Slice people with the truth. And, and one day, Dave came to me, and he goes, Dano, you love to speak the truth. And I'm like, yep, I do. I love the truth. I, I love revelation. I love, you know, I love understanding. I love the word. I love the truth. Ah! And he goes, but you don't always speak the truth in love. 
<laughs> yeah, it was one of those defining moments, you know. It's, it's one of those faithful are the wounds of a friend moments of, hey, I loved the truth more than I spoke the truth in love. And, and it's kind of like this whole thing of gifts without love are nothing. People go where there's power, they stay where there's love. People, people are drawn in many times by the signs and the wonders, but it, it, you can't live there outside of love. And uh, I, I think social media has exposed a whole nother way of not expressing truth in love. <laughs> I'm so tired of Christians being ugly toward each other on, on social media. Like it is so like we'll run ads for, you know, Hey, attend our conference on hearing the voice of God. And, and, and Christians will say the most hateful things, you know, and print them. And, you know, you, you kind of, you're so tempted to answer back. You know, (laughs) but there's that love gate. There is that love gate. It's like, no, I was like that. I was skeptical. I remember driving to a meeting with, with pastor Cletty Keith and pastor Vernell uh, Perry. And, and it was in 1994, the early days of the father's love revival the river, the, you know, the joy, whatever you want to call it. And, um, and I don't think Toronto had yet happened or, um, there was a guy named Rodney Howard Brown and they told me that people would get joy at his meetings. And I'm like, we don't need to be laughing. We need to be crying and repenting and we need to be, and it was about a 90 minute drive and I moaned and complained all the way down there. I can't believe you're dragging me to this meeting and rah, 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 rah. <laughs> all the way down. Speaking the truth. <laughs> and I get down there and I'm in the meeting about 30 minutes and all of a sudden I had this revelation. Oh my God, this is real. No, Seriously. I was like, oh my God, this is real. And it was a rather long meeting. And at the end of the meeting, they lined up everybody around this huge building down in Louisville, Kentucky, about 4,000 people. And then this minister, all he did was walk by people and say, Phil, 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 Phil. That's all he did. And God would just, and they'd go flying, they'd fall down, they'd have encounters. All 4,000 people, except two. Me and Vernell. The guys that were complaining and moaning and groaning all the way down about this end from God. We need to be crying. We need to be repenting. We need to. And so on the way home, I was the one crying and repenting. I was like, oh God, don't pass me by. Oh God, I don't want to miss this. So, I mean, I get all the social media hatred, trying to protect the truth. But the truth without love is, it's nothing. It's, it's absolutely nothing. And when we use truth as a weapon, when we use truth to cut people, 
when we use truth to hurt people, then we do not yet know what we need to know. There's, there's a scripture that says, the one who thinks they know something doesn't yet know what they need to know. <laughs> and, and that's, honestly, it's about love. So, and then it, in, in 1 Corinthians 13 that we read from, verse 1 to 3, then it begins to go into the descriptions of love. And I love this because, um, because we have a lot of different opinions about love. You know what I mean? Especially nowadays. It, it's not loving to speak your opinion, even if it's kind. You know, like, you're not allowed to have an opinion unless you agree. All that kind of nonsense that's going on, you know. <laughs> so, is how do we define love? Is it your way? Is it my way? No, it's Yahweh. Okay, and he, he describes 14 to 15 uh, descriptions of love. And he goes, love is kind. Now remember, the context is supernatural gifts. It's faith. It's even martyrdom. And, and so he's saying, when he says love is kind, he's saying prophecy has to be kind. He's saying healing has to be kind. When he says that love is patient, he's saying tongues have to be patient. <laughs> that pretty much wipes out the 70s and 80s. <laughs> that prophecy has to be patient. Hey, sometimes healing has to be patient. I'm, I'm not saying that God's not doing something the moment we pray. I'm just saying it doesn't always all happen at once. And and when we learn the ways of love and we let love be the gate for what we do and don't do, it's, it has a different effect. It's much more powerful. There's a quantitative quality to love. And, and I said there's, that love kind of swings both ways. It's the gate that closes on what you say. You know, sometimes you don't say something because... You know, your mama taught you, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. That's why some of you are so quiet. <laughs> but there's a quantitative quality to love. Ephesians 4.15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the, um, we will grow in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love is a part of maturity. It's part of growing the body into the image of Christ. Galatians 5 and verse 6 says this, For in Christ Jesus there's neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. That was the argument of their day, <laughs> was circumcision and uncircumcision. And he's like, well, you guys, the way you're fighting about this. And he goes, the only thing that matters, that's the rest of this verse. The only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. See, love has to be the gateway for your faith. It has to be the gateway for the supernatural. It has to be the gatekeeper of what comes through and how it comes through. And every time that the gifts have hurt somebody, 
Every time that a demonstration of Christianity or of truth or of power has hurt someone, it's because the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper of love was not in operation. As a matter of fact, that's like the qualitative, that's the qualitative measurement of spiritual gifts and of truth. But there's also a quantitative. And what I mean by that is an amount. <laughs> I, I tell the story of how I was at Georgian Banoff School. And I have permission from this young lady to tell this story. But I was at Georgian Banoff School in uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, this, this young lady brought in a homeless guy to the supernatural school. And... Uh, and she's just an evangelist. She couldn't help herself. She's like a, she's, she's like Christian back there. And uh, she, she brings him in. And it was so cool because a spontaneous offering broke out. Um, like nobody called for an offering. People just started walking up and stuffing money in his shirt and uh, in his hands and everything. And he's just crying and melting and, and, uh. And it's really cool. And then she takes off giving him this word. And she's like, and, and you're going to write books. And you're going to fill stadiums. And she goes kind of into this really long word. And I was very conflicted in that moment. Because my heart was resonating with every word she said. What she is saying is true. But I was looking at his face. And he was dumbfounded with what had already happened with the offering. I mean, when you're telling a person what's going to happen in their life 20 years from now, when they're wondering, where am I going to sleep? What am I going to eat? You can be right. You can have a right word, but in the wrong time, it'll manifest like the wrong word. That guy didn't receive one word of that prophecy, even though it was all true. Why? Because Jesus said this in John 16, 12. He said, I have many things to share with you, but you can't bear them right now. Jesus restrained himself through the gateway of love because love only shares what a person can bear. Have you ever shared something with people that was beyond their capacity and it kind of blew up in your face? See, love is the gatekeeper that helps you restrain yourself. <laughs> it's supposed to be. <laughs> Most of our regretful words are when we didn't let love be the gate. So it's the gateway of gifts. It's the gateway of truth. First Timothy 1.5 says the goal of this command, which is staying away from false doctrines and all these arguments that people were having... He said, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Over and over again, he's talking about how love is a gate that closes. Love is a gate that waits. Love is a gate that is patient. Love waits until you can say it not only the right thing, but the right way and the right time. And, uh, and so... Dave helped me with that 30 years ago. And I'm, I'm a little better than I was. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but I'm a little better than I was. And I've seen how effective a gift can be in love. I've seen how effective truth can be 
in the right time, in the right place. I, I have seen how effective it can be even to limit the quantity of what we share. Like, hey, as a parent, the scripture says a fool speaks their whole mind. And you kind of wonder why that thing blows up in your face a lot. Because the smart parent knows how to speak in darts. No, I'm serious. Like you see the wall down and you shoot one arrow. That's it. The wall comes down. You're like, you just get in there. All right. But if you unload the whole arsenal, there's going to be blood and guts. It's not going to be pretty. There's a restraint to love. There's a patience in love. There is this thing of, hey, I have a lot to share, but you can't bear it right now. And there is not only the qualitative side of love, but there is a quantitative side to love. There, there is a restraint. There's a restraint in the dating time, right? There's a restraint in the dating time of how we restrain our affections. Patience is an expression of that true love. Patience also interpreted as long suffering. <laughs> but I think the part that I've learned more than that lately, because that, that has been a 30-year journey, but maybe just the past five years or so, I'm learning the other swing of, of love. I'm learning how love opens the way for things. I'm learning how love is the bridge through which spiritual information is exchanged. And let me, let me share what that looks like for just a moment. See, love is not just a gate that closes. Love is a gate that opens and creates a bridge between the known and the unknown. George Washington Carver was a, a son of a slave during the uh, during the Civil War here in America. And he became one of the greatest agricultural scientists of his century. I mean, incredible. And when the evil of slavery was broken in America, I keep thinking I'm going to fall off that, but there's like a little dip here. I'm like, okay, is that the Holy Ghost or is that? Yeah. But when the evil of slavery was broken in America, he being the son of a slave, a lot of the cotton plantations couldn't function anymore because they couldn't function without a group of people harvesting. And and so the economy from both the war and the decrease of agriculture was about to sink the southern states in America. And suddenly, this son of a slave looks at a peanut, and looks at a sweet potato, which at the time were not crops, they were weeds that grew along the roadside. And he saw what nobody else saw. And he said, wow, this could be grown by one family, but we have to create a market for it. So he came up with hundreds of uses for a sweet potato, hundreds of uses for a peanut. And he literally saved the economy of the government who oppressed him. Talk about a story of redemption. 
But this is his quote. And I love this quote because it's talking about love. He said this. Anything will give up its secrets if you love it enough. Not only have I found that when I talk to the little flower or to the little peanut, they will give up their secrets. But I have found that when I silently commune with people, they give up their secrets also if you love them enough. Love is not just a gate that closes. Love is a gate that opens. And uh, when you get known as a prophet, you get lines of people in front of you pretty much wherever you go. It's not really that fun, to be honest with you. Um, Because people kind of treat you more like a gift than a person. And, uh, and, and, And this is how it always goes. They go, I know you're really tired, but... Which, what does that mean? I know you're really tired, but I don't care. I I know you've already been speaking. I know you've already been ministering a lot. And I know they think that that's like some kind of disclaimer. (laughs) Like, I realize that this isn't a good time. But, yep. Yeah. You know, and I I love people. I love to do stuff. But but what happens is... um, When you go to get that prophetic information, when you're stirring up the gift of God that's within you, one of the keys that I've learned to stirring the gift is to open the gate of love. And, and it has two, two aspects to it. First of all, when I feel like I have nothing, I first of all, and, and when I feel the pressure to perform when I'm already tired, when I'm already sick, the first thing I do is I fall back into the love of the Father for me. I just, it's, it's almost like I'm doing a, a trust fall into the love of Jesus. No, I'm serious. It's like I just, in my spirit, fall back into the ocean of his love and let myself just get drenched in the love of God. And it's a split second thing. I mean, I've learned to just swing that gate and just fall back into the love of God. That secures the connection that we already have in Christ Jesus. But then the next thing I do is I extend the love of the Father. I begin to feel the love of the Father for that person. And as I feel the Father's heart for them, information begins to come. Words of knowledge, words of prophecy, discerning of spirits, faith for healing, faith for finances. All kinds of things begin to flow. A moment ago, there was a wall. A moment ago, there was a big blank nothing. But by falling, by swinging the gate open in love and falling into the love of Christ myself and then allowing myself to be a connector of the love of the Father for them spiritual information starts transferring. Um, You guys know that this was the place where we did the finders experiment seven years ago. We, uh, I was reading about how St. Nicholas broke up a child trafficking ring of his day in, in fourth century. Um, And, and so I'm like, 
if Santa Claus can do it, we can do it. You know, like, and so I went and we had about 120 uh, prophetic students at the time. And I went and got 10 posters of missing children in our area. And we divided into 10 groups and we prayed over these posters and and one of the group, I had some information that nobody else had on some of these things because I was conducting the class. So all I gave them was the posters. But one of the groups came up with the make, model, year of the car that took this child. The names of the guys that abduct, abducted this, this little girl two and a half years ago. At that time, we didn't know to do anything we didn't know anything about this whole deal. We were just experimenting. We were just like, what, could, what else could prophecy do? What else could words of knowledge do? And uh, so all we did was pray into it. And as you guys know, two and a half days later, um, that little girl was found after being missing for two and a half years. And actually, uh, then a member of the police department came to us and said, we have two missing children right now. I was in Dave and Deb's office when it happened. And uh, Deb gave some clues. And uh, using the clues that she gave, they found both of those children in the next few hours. Well, yeah, I know. That all happened right here. That's what I'm saying. This is dangerous soil right here, guys. So then other people began to come up and, and ask. So we formed a team with Kay Nagel, um, who, who led that team for us. And then, unfortunately, honestly, it went viral. And it started going all over the country. And people started, you know, creating teams. And, and I, I got calls. I got calls from Homeland Security and FBI and, and the president of a South American country. And, and all of a sudden, there's all this pressure to know secret information. And, uh, and that pressure to perform and that pressure to want to rescue and that pressure to want to save is, is huge. And, and when you get into the stories, you know, did y'all see the movie about child trafficking, you know, um, sound of freedom. I mean, you see that story and I have had to live that story, (laughs) Hundreds of times in, in parents' and grandparents' voice and in their eyes. And, um, and so there's this pressure to provide the information that's going to save their children. And it's much like the healing ministry. You know, um, Catherine Kuhlman was like one of the greatest healers of the last century. And she would finish with meetings that were televised Primetime TV, televised, where thousands of people would be in the Coliseum. And you'd see miracle after miracle after miracle on TV, like real stuff. And she would walk back behind the stadium and just sob. What about the ones who weren't saved? I mean, what about the ones who weren't healed? What about the ones who weren't touched? And she just grieved. All this incredible stuff happened and she just grieved what had hadn't happened, you know, and I've had to live that a hundred times, not just in healing ministry and in resurrection ministry, but I've had to live it in this finders thing that we didn't even plan to start it. It was an accident, (laughs) you know, and now 
you know, government officials and presidents are standing before you requesting intel. And uh, you got one choice in that situation. You're going to get weird. You're going to break down. Or you're going to fall into love. You're just going to let the love gate swing open to you and fall into the love of Jesus that wipes out all need to perform. God, I don't have to prove anything. You, you proved everything. <laughs> I, I, I am just a witness of this and I do my best to represent you, but you are not insecure about your identity or your ability. <laughs> And I am not the sole proof of who you are or what you are. And I just fall into the fact that you loved me before they ever asked, you know, before they ever came. And, and honestly, falling back into that love is the only way you survive. But more than that, then you let the love begin to build a bridge. Why? Because love is the bridge through which spiritual information is exchanged. And as you feel the Father's heart for them and for this situation, you begin to get intel. You begin to get pictures and ideas and, and, and all kinds of revelations that come. But again, for, for 20 years, love was a gate that kept the wrong things out. But now I've discovered how love is the gate that brings in the treasures. That it's a gate forward. It's a gate that opens, not just a gate that closes. That, like this scientist said, if you love anything enough, it'll share its secrets with you. You know, some of you, some of you people, um, like you have such a love for nature and for creation. And knowing this, that love will begin to download the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that God encoded all creation with? (laughs) Do you know the most physical medical cures of any people group on the planet is our own Native American people? Their love for creation revealed secrets of creation for medicine and for healing. And I'm telling you, there is a whole bunch more. The scripture says in Romans 1, 19 and 20, that since the creation of the world, his, event, his eternal attributes and divine nature can be clearly seen and understood through what has been made so that all men are without excuse. In other words, everything you can know about God, you can see in creation if you love it enough. And, and so honestly... Some of us have like this intuitive love in certain areas. Maybe you have a love for the law or you have a love for education or you have a love for family. And I'm telling you that if you would allow that love to build a bridge, you would start downloading treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ Jesus. Because that love is already there. But if you lean into it, if you lean into its source in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, that love will begin to build a bridge through which supernatural information will begin to be exchanged. And I began to see this prayer in Ephesians 3 in a different way. I am going to end here in just a moment. 
But in Ephesians 3, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he may strengthen you with power through your spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And here we go. And he said, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. All right, let's stop there in a moment. When I talk about taking the trust fall in love, of just like giving up on the pressure, the performance, the ignorance, all that stuff and just falling back into the love of God. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about let your roots go down into the love of the Lord. Draw your strength, your nutrients, your identity from nothing but the love of Christ. You have an opportunity in those moments to strengthen your roots by sending them down into the soil of the Father's love. Yes. And that rootedness will establish something. It will establish the pathway through which the treasures of the riches of God's grace and the treasures of his knowledge will begin to transfer and exchange. You know, when we think about Caleb's story, he fell in love with a people and found the secret ancient door to their culture where Jesus could come in and be glorified. It was a love bridge that downloaded incredible intel. This verse goes on. It says that being rooted and grounded in love, established in love, you may have power together with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of God in Christ. All right. So again, it's, it's high and long and wide and deep. But it says, and that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high, how wide, how high, how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, okay, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. See, the love of God is an end in itself, but it is also unto something And as we root ourselves in love and establish ourselves in love and blow out the boundaries of what we think love is and just allow God to love the hell out of us, to love the ignorance out of us, to love the darkness out of us, to love the fear out of us, that's loving the hell out of us. As we allow that to happen, what does it say will happen? That we come in to the measure of fullness that belongs to the person of Jesus. That's why I say that love is a bridge through which spiritual information is exchanged. When we allow our roots to go down into the love of Christ and we pull our source, we pull our nutrients from the love of Christ, we pull our identity, we pull our ability from the love of Christ, something is established. You become rooted and you become grounded. And this is the place where exchange happens, where you begin to taste of the measures of fullness that belong to the person of Jesus Christ. Treasures of wisdom and knowledge are exchanged in this environment when we root ourselves in the love of God. So you enter the the love through the gate. The gate is Jesus. You root yourself in love. You, you add intention to letting your source go down into the love of Christ and pull that up. 
You get grounded and established in that love by that act of intention. And then you begin to grow in love as love becomes the gatekeeper. Not only on what you don't do and you don't say, but upon what you can do and what is available to you. And you begin to build it forward. And we realize, of course, from the book of John 15 and 9, that this love is the same love which the Father loved Jesus. He said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. When we're talking about that rooting and grounding, you have to remember, like, it's easy to disqualify yourself in love. Oh, I don't deserve this. I don't, you know, I'm not able. I'm not worthy. I'm not blah, blah, blah. Well, don't worry about it. It's not your love. It's the love that God the Father has for God the Son. Jesus said, I'm just going to put you in our love relationship. I'm just going to insert you through the cross, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension and glorification of Jesus Christ. I'm going to take you out of your unlovely state and just insert you into our relationship. You're going to be in the love triangle of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the love that they share is going to be the soil that you can root yourself in. Because as the Father has loved me, so with that love, I'm going to love you. And that's where you can stay. That's where you can remain. That's where you can live. And then from this place, we pick up in Romans 8, of course. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We know this is a reality, but are you living in the reality? Are you intentionally letting your roots go down in love? Listen, when you face a wall and an obstacle, it doesn't just happen in prophetic lines. It happens in business. It happens in family. It happens where just, Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Hey, that's a good starting place. But I'm telling you, swing wide the gate. I'm telling you, let your roots in that moment go down into the love of Christ and begin to draw up that divine, eternal connection of remaining in his love, of establishing yourself in in love. Then let your love begin to go forward into this situation. Make sure that we're not operating in fear. Make sure that we're not operating in performance. That we're not operating in anything but the love of the Father. So once I pull it up, I can begin to project that gateway forward. I know Keith Ferrante, another, you know, son slash father in this house, you know, who's who's gone on to continue to build EP along with Marguerite and and Michelle here. Um, uh, He was praying for our governor here in California. And uh, he was getting ready to prophesy over the governor. And the Lord said, do you love him? And he's like, Lord, I don't agree with him. I don't agree with a lot that he's doing. 
And he goes, you can't prophesy yet. And he's, and, uh, so he got on his piano, he began to pray and sing, and he was getting ready to prophesy over the state. And he said, do you love him? He would not let him open his mouth if he couldn't open it in love. He had to build a love bridge with someone that he didn't agree with, even, before he could prophesy in a healthy way, in a holy way. And... In the same way that there's walls of ignorance or, or of darkness or fear or all those kind of things that have to be broken down by being rooted in love, established in love, so that we can swing the gate forward to them in the same way the love of Christ was demonstrated in this, the love of God was demonstrated in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that love is not limited to any individual based upon their performance, based upon what they're doing. We can swing the love gate of heaven toward them because that is the love that was swung toward us in Christ Jesus. (laughs) I just feel like the Father wants to love the hell out of us today. He wants to love out the ignorance, the fear, the darkness, the, the inabilities, the, the incompetence, the limitations. He just, he just wants to love that out. And all you have to do is let your root go down. Come on, let your roots go down into the love of Jesus. <laughs> you have been planted by a river of life that flows from the throne of God. Let your roots go down right now into the love of God and draw up. Draw up. Don't look for the answer first. Don't look for the solution first. Don't look for the performance first. Just fall back into a love that is immeasurable, that has no limit to its length, its height, its breadth, and its depth. Fall into that love. Just Get sloshed in the love of God. Ha, 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 ha. And then let that gate swing out to your situation. Don't just fall in love with a problem. Fall in love with the people it's affecting. Let the love of Christ go through you and swing out to them. And the exchange of the treasures of the wisdom and the knowledge of the person of Jesus Christ will be extended to you. Examine the areas you love right now, things you love. Don't don't make a sacred secular divide. God created it all. So, if you love it, what exchanges happen there? How could the father's love speak into this situation? Come on. George Washington Carver redeems the very economy that oppressed him through the love of God for a peanut and the love of God for a sweet potato. What do you love? Let it be a bridge that exchange heaven information, kingdom information, treasures of wisdom and knowledge we haven't yet known or experienced in the person of Jesus Christ. So Father, I thank you right now that this room, this huge auditorium, right now is just a really deep swimming pool.
of the love of God for the person of Jesus Christ. And we have been invited to dive into its depths and breathe underwater. No apparatus required. No swimming skills required. We can just dive into the depths of this love pool. And we can drink and we can breathe and we can move. Because in you we live and move and have our being. And Father, today I pray that you would equip the saints in this building with the gate of love. I pray that it would be a gate that closes to guarantee the quality of what is said and what is done. That it would be a gate that closes on the right time and the right amount. That it would be a quantitative gate, Lord, to keep us from from wrecking our own situation. (laughs) From scuttling our own ship, Lord. (laughs) And then, Father, I pray that you would teach us how to open the gate, to swing wide the gate that the king of glory could come in. And that, Lord, we could begin to build informational exchanges between the immeasurable and the measured. Lord, between the eternal and between the material and the fixed. And that, Father, we could use the key of love to unlock the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that will build your kingdom and glorify your name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, if there's people in this place today who have never experienced the love of God, I thank you that they're just one yes away (laughs) from the ocean of your love. That all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so, Father, I ask that if there's anyone here that is outside of that light and outside of that love in their own estimate, that they would just call upon your name right now. That they would... Repent of life outside of you and dive into the pool of your great love. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. So good to be with you. Bless you. Uh, Thank you, Daniel. Why don't you stand with me? If I can have the ministry team come down and then prophetic teams, if you can head to your station. we got prophetic ministry today. So if you want some words of love.